Hey everyone, welcome again to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast where we talk about films off of the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay, and with me as always is Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. I've gotten rid of my pesky uh, conjoined twin, and I'm ready to be set off and and murder people uh, in relation to birthday cakes (laughs) are you enjoying this little job of yours yeah well you know i my my triggers are are a lot more boring than 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 hers were it's 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 birthday cake related triggers not uh not sex related triggers (laughs) yeah (laughs) passionate kissing from a pencil thin mustache yes yes um (laughs) we are talking today about number 141 Brian De Palmer's hmm. Sisters from 1973. It has an 87% Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, very strange movie. Uh, had you had you seen this one yeah. before? No, not at all. Had not even heard of it. I had seen this once a very long time ago, and I honestly remembered pretty much nothing from it. Which <laughs> that's kind of surprising. It is. Um, I remember maybe like, I remembered maybe like 10 minutes of the, the opening kind of scene once they get back to the apartment. Um, mm-hmm. but everything after that, it was like, I was watching it for the first time. I def, I, I did not remember the ending of this movie at all. Um, oh, wow. I, I did not remember that for a movie called sisters. There is shockingly little sisters in the movie. Um, <laughs> It's mostly so the twist got you. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know. I like it. The sisters just kind of <laughs> disappear for a while, and it turns into uh, um, nosy neighbor playing detective for like fifty minutes. But um, yeah, it's just rear window. Yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this was more or less a new watch for me because I did not really remember it. So I was looking forward to going uh, back into it. But um, yeah, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna play the trailer, and then we will talk about it. Conjoined twins called Siamese challenge life at their first breath. Some twins have been separated and lead normal lives. Others never can. Sisters. They were once one in body and perhaps one in mind. Danielle and Dominique. One loving, one hating, one innocent. The other... Where does Danielle end? And Dominique begin. No, I can remember. Go back, try. Remember. He's a freak. Freak. He's a freak. 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 Sisters. Rated R. Sisters from 1973, as I said, number 141. On our list, 87% Rotten Tomatoes score. Directed by Brian De Palma. Written by Brian De Palma and Louisa Rose. Starring Margot Kidder, Jennifer Salt, Charles Durning, William Finley. And as you pointed out, more or less a total lift of like one third of Rear Window. (laughs) Uh, Amanda. Yes, Claire. What happens in Sisters? Inquisitive journalist Grace Collier is horrified when she witnesses her neighbor, fashion model Danielle Breton, violently murder a man. 
Panicking, she calls the police. But when the detective arrives at the scene and finds nothing amiss, Grace is forced to take matters into her own hands. Her first move is to recruit private investigator Joseph Larch, who helps her to uncover a secret about Danielle's past that has them both seeing double. <laughs> Hated that one. <laughs> uh, Clay? Mm. Some things you will find in this movie include... Mm-hmm. The most treacherous living room to cross in all of Staten Island. Yeah. Lots of slipping. <laughs> really, like, unmotivated slipping. I'm not really sure why. Lots of people falling flat on their face in this uh, lady's nice living room. Yes. Uh, the worst threesome ever captured on film. I, I'm i not going to say I've seen one that's worse, but there's got to be... I mean, with the prevalence of cameras these days, I'm sure there's a worse one that's been put on film somewhere. I don't know. This one's pretty. It's anyway, true. It's not. It's not we'll great. Just, yeah. I guess. It's, uh, I guess it depends on your definition of bad. Your definition of a threesome. <laughs> that too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Brooklyn Institute of Modern Investigations star pupil. Yep. Follows. Got his own van. Got his perfect cover. <laughs> He's got one cover. The one cover? Just the one. He's totally, Um, totally invisible up there on that telephone pole, just staring at a couch. (laughs) Yep. Yep. In the middle of Mm -hmm. a field. Yep. Uh, The African room. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I don't even know if we really need to expand on that one because it speaks for itself when you watch the movie. Yeah, I don't think we do. All All I think we have to say is watch the movie and if you haven't just keep in mind that it came out in 1972 yes uh and lastly and i kind of question this one mm-hmm. questionable parenting i don't know that mom was being pretty pushy about whether or not her daughter was on diet pills and bugging her about <laughs> having so you thought I, we were going for the sister's parents but no i'm going for the 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 neighbor's parent who seems to be very overbearing Oh, see, I I figured we were not going for the sisters' parents because they seemed to have just died in an accident with no, 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 no tarnish right. on their names. Right. Uh, I question that the mom is questionably parenting. Yeah, she's probably as far as far as, as, far as parenting like, goes in these movies. I would say exactly. it's probably the most straightforward, uh, non-questionable parenting we've probably seen. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that was my my. I just kept thinking like, okay, like the mom made me laugh hysterically. I mm-hmm. in my notes, I think I wrote, um, "Is this who the mother in the room was based off of?" Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> but also, like, I was like, well, you know, product of the time. Um, she only asks Grace, "Are you on diet pills again?" When Grace, she when she thinks Grace is acting crazy, which implies that she doesn't want Grace to be on diet pills. Um, mm-hmm. And she just seems like a kind of caring mom. Like she seems very involved in her daughter's life, and like they get they have dinners together on Friday nights and stuff. It was like yes, oh. yeah, uh, so. yes. All things considered, she's probably one of the better parents we've seen in one of these movies. Yes, yeah. I was going to also say, but my scale is probably extremely skewed. Right. Yes. Yes. It's, yeah. That's also possible. <laughs> um. So yeah, sisters. Um. I don't know if we should save this question for the end or not, but I think it's something to consider. Is this a horror? Would you say this is a horror movie? 
because we've got we've got a uh, a setup that is very kind of classic suspense. Um, you've got a little bit of weird stuff going on at the end there. The end is legitimately scary. I thought that the last yeah. fifteen minutes or so is is pretty scary, but for the rest of it, it's basically like a who done it thrill well not a who done it but it's it's very alfred hitchcocky it's it's a yeah. like we were saying it's very much rear window it's it's very much this uh nosy report nosy well she is a reporter nosy reporter character yep. like getting to the bottom of of this uh murder she thinks she saw um and i'm not saying that to say she didn't see a murder but you know and it's it's not <laughs> it's not scary i would say Yeah, it's 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 a tough one. I feel like on the um, on on the illustrious uh, Wes scale of is this a horror movie? <laughs> it would definitely not be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that especially in that last like twenty minutes sequence, there's a lot there's a lot of horror psychologically, like mm-hmm. within the characters. And if if you kind of try to put yourself in their position, you know, just the whole grace getting involuntarily committed and mm. like, yeah, there's, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I don't know if I would, definitely, definitely if it did not have that ending sequence that it has, I would say like, no, this is just kind of a thriller or a, you know, kind of classic whodunit or mm-hmm. what happened suspense movie. Mm, yeah so what we have basically is you've got the setup of it's a classic setup that that seems to work every time which is someone sees something uh nefarious happen nobody else sees it happen and no so nobody believes the person who who claims to have seen it causing them to feel kind of like gaslighted and 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 the need to uh find out the truth we saw it in Mm -hmm. um fright night you see it in rear window it's it's a pretty tried and true scenario and in this case it involves a uh neighbor seeing a murder happen across the way which i would say i was saying as i was watching this the most the most unrealistic thing about this movie is that she could look over to the next building and accurately guess which apartment number it was yeah (laughs) because she looks across the way and then she leaves her apartment goes to the next one and then figures out the room number to bring the cops to and i'd be like i've got no clue i think it was maybe the fourth floor somewhere i don't i have no idea um but yeah you see this uh this fairly it's a fairly shocking murder um and after that after the police come in and 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 say uh, oh we don't uh we don't we don't we can't find any evidence that something happened here we can't find any evidence yeah. that margot kidder in a doing a perfect french accent killed yeah. this man <laughs> there's no evidence of any of that stuff um the next like hour or so is basically margot kidder basically disappears and uh the reporter is just getting a private detective to try and find some clues inside the place and do historical background. The 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 private detective who finds the like dossier full of all of the 
historical exposition you would need about the characters. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of plays out that way, like that sort of uh, nosy neighbor kind of movie plays until the ending when, when she follows follows uh, uh, Margot Kidder and her ne'er-do-well husband to this mental institute. And in going in to try to use the phone to call the cops, the doctor, mm-hmm. the doctor who turns out to be the ne'er-do-well husband, um, basically gaslights her into into be- being committed because yeah. uh and it's it's really scary like that the sequence at the end where she's on the phone and that first woman comes out with like the spray mm-hmm. can she's freaky as hell and then after that when the doctor comes out and tells the orderly oh no this is margaret or whoever she she uh-huh. she was just dropped off yesterday and like that the orderly's not going to question the doctor so She's screwed. There's no way she's going to get out of that. That was legitimately creepy and scary. And then they go into this um, hallucination ending, which I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I have any idea what it was. I don't know if you have a read on it, but I could not figure out what the hell they were trying to do. But before we get to that, um, yeah, it's it's a weird kind of mishmash of stuff. I think because you've got this Hitchcock thing going on. You've got this kind of yep. It's 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 interesting as a De Palma movie because it's very much kind of setting the tone for what all of his movies are after this. They're kind of like all of his movies are basically sisters in some form or another. Um, and that's sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. But uh, it's it's an interesting mishmash that I think is prob works better for me probably as a historical historical artifact than it does as like a good movie i don't know how did you feel about it yeah i had i had similarly mixed feelings about this one where i found a lot of what it was doing i mean it's it's interesting because you can see the hitchcock influence really clearly throughout Mm it Mm -hmm. and so I don't know. I think part of my problem with it is I, I kind of kept thinking to myself how much of what I like about this movie are just the things I like about like Rear Window and that those kinds of Hitchcock films, mm-hmm. except not done quite as well. Yeah, that was the thing <laughs> you know for what me. I mean? Yeah, it's like he's lifting Rear Window, but it's not anywhere near as gripping as Rear Window is. Yeah. And like I, I mean, I think Margot Kidder was one of the highlights. Yes, of this yes. entire thing for me, she's amazing in this movie. Yeah, I, I, she's, she's a standout. She's one of those actors that I, I, I only know her from, really three things, and it's I only knew her from Superman, and then I saw yep. Black Christmas, and I was like, oh, I only know her from Black Christmas and Superman. Yep. <laughs> and then I saw this, and I was like, oh, I only know her from Black Christmas, Superman, and Sisters. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm sad to say, I don't really know what she did with the rest of her career, but she, she is good when she shows up. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. There's this, there's this very sad coincidence that later on in her life, she struggled with mental health problems and addiction issues and, Mm -hmm. and like, think that's how she passed away. Um, so there is this kind of like, I mean, again, very sad, but like 
connection to her actual life that I mm. wonder if some of that isn't. Do, do we read that kind of back into her performance in this a little bit? I don't, mm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie is... It's interesting because when I try to break it down, it's like for the first 20 minutes of this hour and a half long movie nothing really happens mm. <laughs> except uh, a really cringy weird game show yep and then uh two people hook up mm -hmm. and then like all of a sudden she murders him mm -hmm. or we should say dominique murders him mm -hmm. And then, like you said, for the next, like, hour, <laughs> nothing really happens. Like, it it becomes this sort of, like, this long extended investigation montage. Mm. Um, and then the last 20 minutes are kind of, like, batshit crazy in, I think, a way I like. But I'm still even kind of figuring that out in my head. Like, did I enjoy that ending? Like, in terms mm. of, like stylistically and thematically and did, did it did it feel like the right ending for this movie i don't know i i i feel like i'm left with very very mixed feelings about this film overall yeah it's uh, the, the ending is troublesome narratively because while i enjoy I thought the hallucination sequence was great, the black and white thing. I thought that was really good, mm -hmm. really creepy. However, along with that is this scene where the doctor basically just explains everything for five minutes. Yeah. And even after that, I'm like, okay, this is a lot of stuff that you're just telling me, and I still, it's not really helping me understand what's going on afterwards. Um, so yeah, it's a weird, it's a very strange ending, um, and it's it seems to be implied that he's trying to. The, Dominique has died, yeah, but Danielle now has a split personality where she becomes Dominique whenever uh, she's engaged romantically. I guess is a that way is to put the it. most that is the most old fashioned way I know, of saying yes. whenever she has sex. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Um well, you know, it's a kid's show. We got to we got to keep it Yeah, yeah got to keep this family friendly. Um I also I also wasn't sure if it was explicitly sex or if there was making out involved. I wasn't totally sure, but um Fair. And and so I think what is supposed to be happening is he is somehow trying to make the reporter take on the uh, projection of Dominique in order to kill her again to try and rid Danielle of Dominique again. Is that what's going on? I, I don't even think it's that. I don't think it's that literal. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of a setting of the scene and kind of using grace as a prop more than as a, like a vessel that he's then going to destroy. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Because, well, <laughs> we've kind of jumped straight into the ending without talking That's true. about yeah. the other movie. But um, I, I will say, not to go too far into it, but I don't think he'd bother hypnotizing Grace and giving her this sort of like, <clears throat> it was all just a ridiculous mistake. There is no body because there is no murder. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he would take the time to influence her that way if he intended to kill her at the end. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah it, so I, th- I think he's more just using her as like a, like a, like I'm going to set the scene because I'm trying to break Danielle out of this. And he thinks a way to do it is to like re-embody Dominique outside of Danielle, but not like literally transfer it into mm, Grace. Does right, that make sense? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just such a strange. It's a strange movie. Like it's. So what we're saying is he's a great doctor. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it sounds like it almost worked. So maybe he is a great doctor. Um, the the thing that's so strange to me is I feel like. There is a really cool movie in here, and it just gets too bogged down with the Hitchcock stuff. Because like I was saying, it, it, it's a movie called Sisters, and mm-hmm. I, I don't really feel like the Sisters aspect plays that much into the, most of the story. It's, it's, it's uh, like, does the story change at all if she's not a conjoined twin? You know, like it's it's the the story is mainly about trying to f- prove that this person was killed, and I, she finds this conjoined stuff, twin stuff on the way. But I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like it really made that big of an impact because I think because we don't really spend a ton of time with Margot Kidder. That whole middle yeah. section of the movie, she's just kind of gone, and you know, I I think that Hitchcocky stuff in the middle gets in the way of of a really creepy psychological um horror movie i think it 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 kind of is holding it back a bit do you think it would work better for you if this movie a spent more time with danielle but also b kind of tried a little bit harder to tease out the idea that dominique is like also a person running around still because i i I feel like yeah i think so yeah i feel like this it kind of gave up the ghost on that pretty quickly or made it made it kind of obvious from the beginning that she wasn't actually there physically um and it kind of it kind of bummed me out because in the first third or half of the movie there's this um there are a few different scenes where De Palma does the split screen thing. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted, after I, after I watched it and I thought about it, I really wish he had used that kind of visual trick maybe to make it feel like, like if Danielle was pacing around the apartment. Yeah. And you had a split screen there and like sometimes she leaves one room and comes into another, but she looks kind of different And so you're sort of like, oh, wait, is that her? And she's like talking back and forth to herself. Like you could have shot it pretty easily in such a way to make it feel like, oh, okay, they hired one actress to play these two sisters who are twins. Mm -hmm. But they're both here like, you know, kind of 
chasing each other a little bit through the apartment and like arguing um or i don't know just because because some of that stuff was actually very effective i thought in the sequence when grace had called the police at the beginning after um poor philip <laughs> has been stabbed repeatedly in the groin mm-hmm. um and you know one one side of the screen is grace uh, waiting for and then with the police and then the other side is Danielle and her sleazy creepy ex question mark husband um, cleaning up the crime scene and there's this scene where he's taking the evidence out of the house and he comes down the hallway on one side of the split screen and then he comes back into it on the other side mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just it just made me think like it, it was it felt like a missed opportunity where you could have played with that visual style more if you were going to use it. Definitely. Yeah. And because I I actually did not love the way that he did use it because I liked the idea. I liked what he was trying to do where he's trying to build this tension by showing the the murderer, the murder scene and the people involved there rushing to clean everything up while the police are getting closer and closer i like that idea but Mm -hmm. i don't think the stuff he's showing was particularly like thrilling because what he's showing on grace's side is she basically she's like getting into an an argument in the about not really anything in the uh lobby of the hotel (laughs) which includes my favorite line in the movie and my favorite because of how (laughs) overtly hilariously racist it is when she talks about how uh the the one who was uh, who was murdered was a black guy one one of the detectives goes ah those people are always stabbing each other oh my god i know <laughs> like they're trying they're they're trying to dismiss oh dismiss what she's saying and, and stuff but and it's just not like it i didn't find i didn't find what they what what they were doing on that side to be like a compelling um what's the word obstruction to build the tension yeah. of them getting closer it just seemed like them having an argument that seemed kind of like they were improving it a little bit so it was it wasn't really about anything and yeah it just i think i think that style would have been much better served like you're saying I can't believe they didn't do that now, now that you mention it because yeah. it seems built into the concept of the movie like why the hell not um, but that yeah, is, especially if you're, if you're going to do that, <laughs> like if you're going to do it in a movie about twins, <laughs> right? Yeah. You kind of have to, right? Yeah. I don't know. And that, that style, you know, as I was saying, this is, this movie is kind of a, a, uh, uh, an early example of what all of his movies kind of, or mo- a lot of his movies end up being like, he uses that split screen style to much better effect and carry. He does uh, oh, yeah. when they're building the tension about dropping the the bucket of pig's blood on her. Way, way, way more effective. He clearly has figured it out yeah. by that point as to what is going to help set the scene and 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 uh, and ratchet things up. Um, so I give him I give him credit for trying. But again, like you're saying, I think there was such a a, a clearer way to use that. Um, yeah. Because I don't think that's why I feel like it's a bit of a cheat in general given the title and the concept because <laughs> even when it comes to the two sisters i feel like they play dirty a little bit narratively because 
uh, Danielle is passed out on the bathroom floor wearing a white nightgown. And then mm-hmm. when the guy comes back with the cake, she, as Dominique, is in the bed wearing a blue something. And then after she kills him, she's back on the floor in the same position in the bathroom wearing the white nightgown again. So it's like I feel like visually they're kind of even cheating and not really haven't really figured out how to effectively show this concept that they're playing with because that that feels like a cheat to me. I I actually think she was wearing like a sweater or a, a shirt like over the night over the top of the nightgown. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the implication there is that she's just like pulled on this sweater and crawled in back into the sofa bed to become Dominique. Um, but yeah, it just it it feels like because then after that, he, so, sorry, I was just gonna say, but cause just after that, it's like. They don't really do anything with the concept. She just kind of disappears. Sorry, I didn't mean. I mean, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, but I, I think that's 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 exactly like I agree completely that it it's part of what makes this movie feel so like half formed and like almost successful. Is that mm-hmm. like it has this really interesting mechanic it's it could kind of play with and it chooses not to Mm. and i think i think it's one of those things where maybe part of the problem is it is the sort of thing you could overdo and it could become sure sure like really either really obvious to the audience that oh wait they are two they are they are the same person there's not another person there um or just yeah, just like overused, and I think he just erred on the side of like underdoing it, but he mm-hmm. went a little too far in that direction. Yeah, especially since they do, like we said earlier, they do so much explaining at the end that I think they're trying to pick up the slack for not really telling the story and and, yeah. and using the 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 mechanic or the the uh the idea that they had to begin with that being said i do think there are bits of it that are that work really well i think the again another another kind of uh um proto de palma thing is the beginning the very very opening of the movie um that shows margot kidder playing a blind woman walking into this changing room and uh there's a, a guy in there watching her and then they pull but you pull back to re- to reveal that you're watching a television show he does something very similar mm-hmm. in um the beginning of blowout which is uh uh blowout's a really a really interesting movie it's um john travolta plays a movie sound designer who works huh. on schlocky horror movies and the beginning of the movie is a like trashy first person killer um 80s slasher movie and uh-huh. it it you fall you go through this thing like you're watching the slasher movie for like 5 minutes and the punchline is right when the killer is going to kill the girl in the shower she screams and the scream is awful it's a terrible scream <laughs> and at that point they cut to Travolta and the director in the in the daily in the screening room and they start yeah. talking about how they need to ADR the scream and stuff like that. So he's got to <laughs> go out and find stuff. So it's just and then the, the whole it's 
that ends up being a a uh, a really great callback later in the movie, but I won't ruin that for anybody who hasn't seen Blowout. Go watch Blowout. It's a good movie. Um All right. But yeah, that's something he's done. A lot of his tricks he 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 uses uh to to greater effect later on. But I do think they are effective. Some of them are effective in this movie. Like the I think the uh I think the murder sequence is great, but Again, I feel like he's drawing out the what happens beforehand in a way that doesn't feel like it's building tension at all because it's just you're following the the one night stand guy going to the bakery and buying a cake and having her name put on it and stuff like like I and maybe that's just like a, supposed to take your mind away from something crazy happening but the the murder itself when he gets back i thought was very effective yeah that whole the opening the opening sequence is really strange to me i mean it's strange in general i think i don't think it's just strange to me it's strange uh, to me because uh <laughs> if you if you're talking to if you're talking to a, if you're going out with a, anybody and they, their ex-spouse shows up at your date yeah. and berates them. And then after that, they're like, can you drive me home to Staten Island? Not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Either one of those things, not worth it. Both of them together, definitely not worth it. Oh, my God. So many red flags. Um, and she's like shit-faced drunk. Yes, yes. Yeah. She's like slurring her words wasted. Um <laughs> Also, this is this is kind of jumping a tiny, tiny bit. I love the fact that when he goes, when Philip goes to the bakery and buys the cake and forces this poor woman who works there, who's not the cake decorator, <laughs> to write the, the words on the cake. When you mm-hmm. later see that same, when you see that same cake, when he gets to the apartment, those letters are like perfect script. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which is weird because they just, make a they make a point of showing her do it and totally fucking yes. it up as she does it yes and like danielle dying on the bathroom floor for every like half an inch of of uh icing that's been put on it like yeah yeah it was kind of hilarious to me sorry i know that's nitpicky but it was really funny <clears throat> uh sorry you were saying about the the opening Oh, just like the the pacing of it is so strange because nothing much happens, but I think it tries to introduce a couple different things that the audience needs to know, both like plot-wise, but also thematically. Mm. Like by starting with this... <laughs> Starting with the scene of a supposedly blind woman who cannot see coming into a locker room and it turns out to be footage that you are watching of a TV show called Peeping Tom. Mm -hmm. Like there's all of this and, and it kind of flows throughout the whole movie like this really hard emphasis on like voyeurism and like kind of like spying and peeping through blinds and like watching things you're not supposed to and seeing things you're not supposed to have seen. Um, It's clearly like 
the central thematic concern of the movie, I think. Right. There's a big voyeurism component to it. Yeah. So so that opening kind of establishes that. And then plot-wise, it introduces you to Danielle. And, and you get some weirdness around her. Like, she's kind of weird. Her ex-husband showing up is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, even the fact that Philip, when he's getting up in the morning, he, like checks his back and you see these big red welts where she's like clawed him while they've been having yes. sex yeah. which is a little bit of a red flag um as if as if you needed another one exactly like yeah it, it it just in some ways it's an opening that feels like nothing happens and it's too slow but in other ways i feel like it's trying to lay so many bricks for later on down the road that in this in the moments where it's like not actively doing that you're just kind of like but you're trying to cram so much in why not take a little bit of this kind of extra fluff of him like walking to the bakery and whatever out mm. and and like let it happen faster rather than this weird i don't know i just the, like the tempo feels like taffy to me like it yeah it stretches and then it's sticks and then i don't know it it, it I, this movie has confounded me in many ways <laughs> yeah i th- i think it's a it's a matter of of not having just really not knowing what to do with the core concept which cuz i like i i feel like he's doing the stuff that he likes to do like that, the sequence where he's going mm. to get the 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 cake and it's cutting back with her on the floor and stuff. Like that's the kind of stuff that I feel like he likes to do, or the split screen stuff, or uh, or anything like that, or, or the the rear windowy stuff. That's the stuff he likes to do, which seems to take more um, prominence than the actual any actual like story really that's going on. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what takes me out of it because it's like, and honestly, to be to be upfront, like I didn't hate this. I I I don't no. think I loved it, but I, I think it was a good watch. I, th- I had a good time watching it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad I watched it. I just still have mixed feelings about it, especially yeah. given that it's on a horror movie list. Right, right, and I mean, you know, I I I perked up a lot more at the end. Because the, the rest of it feels so, uh, I, I don't, this is really dismissive to say, I, it feels a little student filmy, and I don't mean that in like the mm. quality of the filming, but just like the stuff he's choosing to do, it feels like, okay, he's going to do some Hitchcock stuff here, because he, you know, yeah. he's really into Hitchcock, Um he even uses uh, Bernard Herrmann, who was who's a very famous composer who did like all of Alfred Hitchcock's movies. Um, this is one of his last scores, actually. He did two for oh, wow. um, where are we here? He did. He died in 1975, and he did. Uh, yeah, he did uh, his sisters. He did a movie called It's Alive, which if that's the one I think it is. Yes. It's I, I remember seeing It's Alive at the video store all the time. It's it's uh it's just a picture of like a really creepy baby bassinet with a hand coming out of it. 
Um, he did Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver was probably his last oh. great score. Um, oh, wow. And he did another De Palma movie called Obsession. And uh, he also did the sequel to uh, It's Alive with It Lives Again. So really <laughs> went out on a high note there. Aw. But yeah, it's it's very it's 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 clear what his influences are. Um but yeah, it, it seems like he's just kind of going through his his influence for most of it until you get to that end sequence which is really good. It's yeah. the he switches to uh from 35 millimeter film to 16 millimeter which is gets you that really grainy black and white look and it mm-hmm. just turns into this really weird trippy um hallucination where grace is in the place of dominique Mm -hmm. um and you're it's trying to like tell you the story of the sisters i think the conjoined sisters thing is hilarious to me in this because they're they're conjoined at like the butt in like the yeah but like not even really it's like the side of the butt yeah it's 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 like I kept I was I was joking we were uh, I was watching this chatting with Meredith when we were watching this and I was saying that um all they needed to get to separated was uh Homer to drive by in the monorail and slice them in half with the monorail anchor as it, as it goes cuz it's not like they're they're not sharing organs or anything they're just like connected by a flap of skin there's there seems to be no reason why they couldn't just separate them but um and uh, yeah, you get this really hallucinatory, weird sequence, and yeah. it is just really effective. And I even think it works through the ending when Grace goes back home and the policeman tries to ask her about the murder, and she has been uh, brainwashed into saying that there was no murder, or I forget what the yeah. exact words are. But I think that sequence is, I I would say, it's probably worth the rest of the movie. I think that the the murder sequence is great. And that sequence is great. And uh, the thing that gets you through the rest of the movie is the detective. The detective is great. I love the detective. (laughs) You mean the Brooklyn Institute of Modern Investigation star pupil? I do. I do indeed. (laughs) I mean, so it's it's interesting to me because we recently covered um, Deep Red. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about and Deep I Red, f- too, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like there are some similar elements between these two movies where it's, it's you know, somebody who is not, like, a law enforcement person has witnessed and is trying to solve a murder. At least, at least in this one, she's a reporter and not just, like, what the hell does he do with Deep Red? He's, like, a pianist He's or something? He's a jazz pianist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who has no connection whatsoever to anything that just happened. Oh, right, and the murder the murdered person is a woman who was a psychic. And it's um, not even in that case it's not even that he saw it but nobody else saw it. They they found the body. <laughs> you know, there's no yeah. <laughs> there's no mystery that this did or didn't happen. But there is still still the the similarities between these two where it's like a neighbor and this kind of like ongoing hunt for clues and like trying to track down like I mean it, it's interesting because it's it they are sort of opposite where in deep red it's we know 
we know that someone has been killed. We know who she is. We just don't know who did it or why. Mm-hmm. Whereas in in Sisters, it's we know who did it, but we don't know if they actually did it and who was killed and why. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I feel like there, there's like a kinship in the middle section of this movie with the majority of Deep Red. Um, so this this portion that we're saying is more Hitchcock homage that I think didn't really work for either one of us. I think that part of the reason why pieces of like Deep Red worked better for me is that it does maintain more of a more of a horror movie feel mm. to it throughout right. where you are kind of getting these I mean these these spooky or kind of eerie like sets or items or discoveries or this feeling of somebody watching him when he's like in the library looking through the folklore books and all of that like mm-hmm as 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 like over the top and kind of ridiculous as as it is that this you know jazz pianist is scouring the archives for this specific <laughs> book on this ha- you know um sisters is both like it's more realistic in that like yes she's an investigative reporter and of course she's going to like try to track down clues and she's like hiring a, a pi to help her do it but i think part of the problem is that in the middle section you kind of lose any feeling of like urgency or yeah. threat mm-hmm. um there's there's like not enough of, of of a danger or enough of a dark cloud kind of hanging over her In, instead there's a lot of like other people dismissing her or you know her going to life magazine and being like hey can you show me a short film yeah because i i I think what takes the wind out of the sails there a bit is they set up this really great i'm actually surprised we didn't talk about this yet they set up this really great um kind of hitch i would i would say this is something hitchcock would do uh device of they hide the body inside the fold the fold out bed fold out couch bed Which apparently, yeah. um, apparently, De Palma said the producer doubted that anyone could be stuffed into a bed, uh, but he specifically did it in one shot to show you that it actually could happen. Because my girlfriend <laughs> said the same thing. She's like, "There's no way a body can fit in there," and then they do it in one shot, and she's like, "Oh, well, I guess, yeah. uh, I guess you can." But uh, it's Back this really 70s. great, yeah. It's this really great um, device where it's like the body is there in plain sight, but nobody knows it's there. And then they completely remove that from the story by putting it on a truck and sending it off. And then they send the detective after it and they just kind of drop that storyline until the last shot of the movie. So you're taking the body out. So that removes... Uh, that removes this um, tension building thing from the immediate uh, scenery or environment. And then you're not doing anything really with like the tracking it down element of it. And so there's no urgency there. And so what you're left with is grace like, yeah, doing research, I guess. And it's funny. (laughs) It's funny that like, 
I think there are a lot of similarities between this and Deep Red, but we f- at no point did we say, does Deep Red belong on the horror movie list? And I think it just comes down to the style. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 also I think I think part of part of the difficulty with this movie is also a function of the fact that this movie kind of sets things up and introduces them as though Philip is going to be your main character. Mm-hmm. And then Danielle slash Dominique kills him. Mm-hmm. Also then very psychoey. Like, also very psychoey. Then it looks like Danielle is going to be your your main character or, right, or at least right. kind of this like focal point in the movie but then like you've been saying she kind of disappears and then then you're with grace and i think grace is a great character mm-hmm. but just by that point you're like 30 or 40 minutes into a 90 minute movie and yeah and then it kind of just doesn't give it doesn't give Grace a lot to actually do. Like, e- even the fact that the the PI is the one tracking down the couch instead of her is just like, mm-hmm. all right, you go upstairs and you sit in your apartment and wait for me and, like, meet me in the van, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's just this weird, I, th- I think in terms of, like, pacing, that kind of makes it strange when you've moved from character to character to character and in the midst of all of it, Danielle has gone from a sympathetic but like like a frightening but sympathetic and complex character to just sort of a background figure mm. all of a sudden, which is just disappointing. It feels like, yeah, I think I just keep coming back to the fact that I think Danielle's character could have been used to much greater effect. Yeah, I think so too. And I think you also... It also suffers from Grace never really interacts with Danielle or the husband yeah. until the last like 10 minutes. And so, yeah, there's just this disconnect between her and it's it's weird because like as you as you were saying it, I'm like, yeah, every every like tension thing just gets removed from the movie. Because yeah. you, you remove the body, and then you remove Danielle, and then you remove the chase for the body, and then you, you know, you, you get the backstory on the sisters and stuff, but, like, that middle section is, is not super compelling. And I think that's that's one place where a movie like Deep Red can uh, um, keep you engaged, because if there's a killer on the loose, it's going to, you know, every every 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you can kill somebody and, and uh, get people, draw people back in, but... Um. Yeah, it's just an it's an odd it's an odd one it's an odd one for me. Yeah, agree. So, uh, yeah, what, what do you how do you come down on this? Do you uh, think the placement on the list is warranted? Do you think it should be lower? Do you think it should be higher? Or as we seem to kind of be dancing around, do you think it should be removed from the list entirely? <laughs> This this is a really genuinely hard one because I feel like that final 20 minutes is is definitely like horror movie material um 
partially even for the amount of it that is kind of based in real life where like women and the mentally ill and the disabled were sort of against their wills committed into facilities Mm. and the whole black and white sort of hallucination is very um titicut follies i don't know what that is no you don't know what that is there was um it was i think in the late 60s i want to say um it was it was a big it was a big deal because a, a reporter went into a an insane asylum and like brought a camera crew and got access to one of these places and showed how the patients were oh, sure, taken sure. advantage yeah. of and treated as freaks and 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 all of this. And is that it? What is that? One of the hmm? things that led to the shutting down of the mental hospitals. I th- I think eventually it was. Yeah. I think it definitely that and like budget cuts, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. of course. Um, yeah, but it but it did. It showed that like you know these conditions were devolving into deeply inhumane like situations and and there is something intrinsically horrifying about that about just like taking people that society doesn't really want to look at and doing whatever you want with them Mm. which is usually never anything good and the doctor x question mark husband um even his like his relationship with danielle is very suspect it's Mm. very like how much of this does she actually want like does she really like she seems very like she wants to get away from him for the whole you know first hour of the movie and then you find out that she was his patient and they were sleeping together and i don't know there's there's so much there that when you layer it all together and then you add this kind of psychedelic veneer to it it's that grace is going through it's like genuinely scary but it's scary but i don't know if it's a horror movie right yeah 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 it's it's tough for me i feel like this is probably the same on the same playing field as american psycho where i i understand why it might be on the list, but I don't necessarily yeah. think it should be. Because um, I think, you know, man, it's such... I wish that there was more with uh, Danielle and the husband. Like, I wish we got more of that and could see more of the questionable creepiness that's going on there. Yeah. Um, more Dominique popping in and out. Yeah. Like, it, it's it, that's another thing where it's like, for a movie like this, Dominique only shows up once. And it's yeah, it's kind of surprising that there's that they don't do more with that concept. And I think, I think that could uh, that could be the thing that would keep it on the horror movie list if they kind of. And, and maybe that's. Yeah. I mean, you could probably argue maybe that's a little bit more cliche or whatever. But I don't think there's enough in here to to warrant it being a a horror movie for me. Yeah, I think I agree. As much as I'm kind of like, you know, felt some level of genuine disturb in that ending sequence, I I just don't, I don't see it as like a, you know, when you compare it to a lot of the other movies we've talked about, or even if you, 
compare it, for instance, to um, the wild cards that we've both picked. Right, sure. Like, none of those wild cards are on this list. And, you know, obviously you could say uh, that this movie was more influential or more revolutionary. Mm -hmm. But it still doesn't feel like a horror movie. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this, uh, this is a weird one. Um, again, it's, it's weird. I feel like we're kind of coming down more negatively than I think we both were when we watched it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, cause I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really strange one. I, I do recommend checking it out if, especially if you're interested in the earlier movies of, of more famous directors and stuff. Um, but yeah, it actually, uh, fun fact about this movie. I, my screenwriting teacher in college actually Mm. wrote the remake of this that came out in 2006 i have yet to watch it because unfortunately on imdb it has a 3.9 out of 10 oh no so (laughs) maybe i should question the things i learned in that class i don't Uh know but (laughs) no this this movie is definitely like if you like if you, if you like, like, other De Palma movies, if you like Dario Argento, if you like kind of weird 70s malaise, if you like it's, Hitchcock. Yeah. It's a very like, 70s movie. Yeah. Like, so, so it's it's a lot of fun in, in a lot of ways. Like, I, I found myself kind of, like, like, being surprised into laughing a few times. Mm. Um, like there's definitely some intentional humor mixed into this in terms of the treatment that some of the side characters get. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I do, I do feel like <laughs> because we are judging this on the basis of horror movies and the list that we're going off of, it definitely makes us both come down a bit harder on this than I think we actually feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, cuz it is I mean it is kind of of a piece of the time because this yeah. this is uh what? It's a year before Black Christmas. It's a year which would be also a year before well, Texas Chainsaw is a little bit more extreme, but it's uh it's around the same time as Deep Red. Uh yeah. the sort of like 70s update the, the bloody 70s update of, of the Hitchcock thing seemed to be mm-hmm. uh, in vogue at the time. So it it's not a outlier or anything. It definitely is of, of the time that it was made. Yeah. So that's, I think that's going to, unless you have anything else you want to talk about, I think that's going to do it for Sisters. Yeah, no, I think that's it. We are coming up on our next wild card, which I am so excited about because... There's a movie that I watched, uh, geez, it's got to be at least three years ago now, probably more, um, that I saw in the theater that it was a newly remastered uh, print of a movie that was, I think, might still be banned in some countries. Oh boy! Yeah, and I went to I went to see it at the Brattle Theater in in uh, in Cambridge, which is great theater, and um, it 
re- it blew me away. I was I was going in expecting, okay, this is a band movie. This is just going to be a gore fest that's not going to have a lot of redeeming values. I thought it was fantastic, and I have been dying to watch it again since. And around the time that it was re-released, it was on Shudder. And mm. then it was gone from Shudder, and it has been gone from Shudder for, I don't know, however long it's been since I saw it the last time. But <laughs> fortunately for us, the timing has lined up, and it is back on <laughs> Shudder. So next time... We will be talking about Ken Russell's The Devils. <laughs> I am. It's uh, it stars Oliver Reed, and mm. in uh, it is a telling of uh, the story of the Devils of Loudon, which is a uh, a story Ooh. about a French. Uh, I think he's French. Priest. Maybe French Canadian. No, it's definitely not French Canadian. <laughs> uh, French priest who gets uh, put on trial for witchcraft basically because he's nice. too sexy, and all. <laughs> and then, so what you're saying, Clay, is this this was uh, this movie was made about you? Oh yes, absolutely yes. Put on trial for being too sexy. Yes, he gets put on trial for witchcraft because he's too sexy, and uh, the 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 town thinks he has bewitched all of the young <laughs> the young nuns at the at the convent that, across the street from where he is uh is uh, a priest. Oh. Um but it is it, it is a very cool, very disturbing, very psychedelic weird movie that uh, I'm really psyched to talk about. So we'll next time we'll be talking about Ken Russell's The Devils. Looking forward to it. But yeah, that's going to do it for us. Uh thank you guys for listening. We have um, if you want to go to if you want to support us through Patreon, you can do that at, at patreon.com slash the Penske file, where we have been covering, Amanda and I have been covering the Friday the 13th series. We, in March, we just finished uh, Friday the 13th part three. In April, we will be, we will be doing part four, which I believe is not actually called part four. I think it's just called the final chapter, which ended up being a lie anyway. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, you can check that out. Uh, if you want to give us a rating or review on iTunes, that would be fantastic. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Clay. And we will see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>